found it, the American Roadrunner Podcast. Glad you could join us here today for this, part two, Durango Road. We just got back from Kernville, had a really good time up there at the Kernville campout. Got to meet a few good new people, hang out with some old people and old friends and young people and everyone else in between. If uh, you missed it this year, well, we'll hope to catch you next year. Kernville is always a nice ride up the 395 with uh, some friends. We cruised up with Steve and Amy from Speed King Cycles and had a nice ride up. Hung out in camp for a few days. Kind of froze our butts off at night because, boy, it got cold. And for some reason, I didn't think to bring the big sleeping bag. So word to the wise, bring the big sleeping bag. The uh, saddle rags will not be enough to keep you warm in Kernville. I got to run around with one Mr. Johnny Kilmore for half a day. That was fun, cruising for a ride. Johnny writes for Russ Brown, motorcycle attorney. So it was great to hang out with him, get to know him, and uh, give him some information he'll be needing for the near future been a busy week because we're getting ready to hit the road again gonna head up to corn free if you don't know what corn free is that's okay very small very limited very intimate motorcycle show and gathering of good people up in cornville arizona which is right next to cottonwood sits under jerome one of my favorite places i've gotten in a bit of trouble there but i've had more fun than trouble so definitely going to be enjoying that on a personal note, it happened to be the last ride my pops and I did together back when he was alive. So I make sure to jump on his big old black 1300 every year and head on out and enjoy the road in memory of him. Should be just a nice uh, six or seven hour jaunt. Uh, I think we'll probably take the carefree highway, kind of cut on over and enjoy the pretty of the road. Uh, most people are heading out to Babe's Ride Out, so for all those going to Babe's Ride Out, shoot, have a good time without me. Other than that, it looks like uh, Sonia, Miss AZ Posse's, is going to be cruising out with me. I hope she can keep up. Also, we're going to be meeting some cool cats out there in uh, Phoenix. Uh, here, also, there might be one Mr. Brother F-Bomb joining us for the events which is always good. And if there's no snow on the pass, uh, we might get Chopper Charlie in from Colorado. So and some of the regulars will be there. Jer, Willie, some of those other losers you'll get to hear today that I'm lucky enough to call friends. It's going to be an exciting weekend. Corn free. Until then, don't forget to check out the book. You can find it anywhere. Amazon. Barnes & Noble. My website, AmericanRoadRunnerTheBook.com. And we've been fortunate enough to take on a few sponsors lately, but we're looking for a few more. Feel free to get your name, product, information mentioned on this show. Feel free to send me a direct message or an email or give me a call or note via Carrier Pigeon. Type it out on a typewriter, tattoo it on your girlfriend's ass. I don't care. Get in touch with me and uh, we'll get it all figured out. Life is good and short. Hope you get out there and enjoy your road, my fellows. This is part two, Durango Road.
You got to travel a lot uh, back in the day, I'm sure, Ted. Any, you know, after my mother died, I went kind of crazy, and and everybody was suing me for this and that, um, and taking my house and doing all these things. And uh, so I thought if I didn't have nothing, people would leave me alone. Yeah, yeah. Take my stuff, <laughs> and I got down to two broken motorcycles and the kids and the old lady and an Oldsmobile station wagon. It overheated. <laughs> got a job in the mine in Silverton, you know. Yeah, okay. But I, I went broke. I've lost at least four houses. Yeah. And I've never sold my motorcycle. He didn't ride them for decades sometimes because he didn't have the money to keep them running or the time because he worked a day I job. I would say decades, but there was a minute when we were young. Well, he's yeah. probably busy being dad. We spent, yeah. we'd <laughs> work on the weekends because he had his own welding truck. And when he wasn't welding, we were butchering because he yeah. has a mobile slaughter truck also. But when we were kids, like my son's age, we knew where everything was on that truck and we could roll up to a job and my father would get out we'd and go talk to We'd have the torches strung out, the grinders strung I out, all of the soapstones. Because the weeds were on these big reels and they'd start rolling and you couldn't stop them. Yeah, and the whole put roll, bearings on feet his of wire would just roll out on the ground and oh, I used to geez. have nightmares about we it. We used to get done at the end of the job and... I'd have the man, I'd have the customer write the check for the boys. Yeah, I didn't even have an idea. I was all cashing $2,000 checks. And, uh, <laughs> then I'd say, okay, roll up, roll up the truck and we're out of here. And Jeremiah could roll the truck up faster. That than was the best part of the day. He was couldn't find time. nothing for three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just go here and go there. And, It'll uh, fit here. Let's get out of here. They still grind. They're better welders offers than anybody in this whole area. I, I taught him how it would Never taught us how to weld. No, yeah. Willie learned in you know, high school. I, I just kind of picked it up later. And I'm, he only taught us how to grind and torch. I wouldn't teach him to weld. Oh, yeah. I didn't want to know this dirty business. I was <laughs> sick by then. They they moved at I 17 well moves. I learned in Agent Orange barrels in Vietnam. Yeah, yeah. Month in and month out. Yeah. And uh, I, I was sickened from it. So I wouldn't teach these guys how to weld. Right. Right. And now they picked it up on their own. And Even when we had motorcycles when we were teenagers, he'd come from from working with Big Dad. Please come out welder. We got yeah. it all lined up. Dude, all we we need all the pieces. We didn't have saws or anything. We were cut through with hacksaws. We got flapper wheels. Files. We had like stones and files. I mean, this was like in the 90s, you know. My dad had some grinders, but they were the big black and decker with the metal frames. Like, you had to be a man to hold on to those. Right, you know right, what I mean? Yeah. So, we were get that green Makita. That was, you keep the handles and the safety guards on there, you're a sissy. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> so you had to just grab on to whatever you could and go grind, you know. Oh, that's And good. we're lucky to. It's funny now. We'd be willing to, like, run our hand on a handrail and, like, crunch. You know, they're like, is there a grinds the well? Don't grind over here. Grind over there. I used to tell them, all you got to do is grind the well. The pipe is already the right size. <laughs> and people grind up and down that pipe, and you go, it gives me the creeps. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, uh, so you got to do a lot of building around here then, a lot of metal work? I, I mean, I was going to show you those pole barns, man. Eventually, I worked in the mines in the oil field. Uh, had good certifications, had good credentials and friends. that had People used me. to bring broken stuff from miles around. We welded a gearbox, a rear differential gearbox for a case backhoe, and it was stamped right in the thing, do not weld. And they broke it in half, and it was all cast steel. And we built an oven, and he braised that with a rosebud and a quarter-inch brass rod. And we wow. braised this whole gearbox back together and put it in an oven, and we went out and slowly turned the temp down all night, and we cooled it slowly. 
Yeah. And they took it to a machine shop and had the surfaces recut. And uh, as far as we know, that case tobacco is still going on. It was $2,500 for that housing if you could find it. Right, 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 right. right. And I, so I'll do that. I can fix it for $5,500. I figure it'd take me two days. That's about what it did. But we put it all back together big inch, thick cast iron. Yeah. And, uh, but he always taught us how to hustle and shake things. You know, if you want something, you just got to go find a way to pick up cans on the highway. When we were young, we like if somebody wanted a new bike, our scooter, yeah, that's how we did. Or like Christmas, I remember one Christmas break, we needed money for Christmas, and some guy wired out of buildings and turned down. People remember that guy brought us all those tree spikes and we made them on the forge and we spent like two days hammering tree spikes. These guys were into stress management. And they climb the trees and set up zip lines, and they go to Africa and take these people with stress release or stress management. Uh, team building too, yeah. So I built them all these big staples so they could hammer them in the trees to hook to ropes through. Do we build those anchors for that boat dock? Yeah, we built all kinds of stuff. I built a lot of barns and horses. The carnival would come to town. And he'd go find the carnival guy. Like, hey, need some welding? Oh, yeah. They'd give us a handful of tickets. He'd tell them he'd fix the carnival, and they would tell him, unlimited yeah, rides for my boys today. Carnival come to town, and I was welding on their equipment. I crawled under there, and somebody had lost a scroungy little marijuana cigarette. Uh-huh. So I picked it up, and I burned it, and I went <laughs> back to work. I was on my lunch break, and I went back to work. And pretty soon, the boss come over and said, what are you doing, Ted? I said, I don't know. I found it under the Ferris wheel. And, uh, but they were about, he, he was a good boss. <laughs> we're still <laughs> That's cool. You know, well, that's how you got into all the tinkering you do now. I mean, you're building a lot of stuff. You're building a lot of cool stuff around here. I just can't You got quit. so much cool <laughs> stuff. stuff. just keeps coming to My me. dad usually doesn't finish projects. He only starts them. Yeah, this I've is done the that problem. Yeah, all right. You can relate. Yeah, I can relate. See this cushion here. This cushion is This is a real – that's what makes this extra cool that he got this 45 actually running. It's right. like this is the first completed project that he's taken on in a minute. Let's know? come over a bunch of this over. Me and him – Really, yeah, Jared's been cool. I've been working a lot, so I haven't been able to help out. Much. Well, that is cool checking out on Jared's feeds. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you know he does Wait. that, Ted, but he shoots little videos. Oh, no, he's sometimes. kind of mad. He's like, Nobody's okay. gonna be surprised. Yeah, they've already yeah. seen the whole I'm, I'm still surprised. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm still terribly His surprised. Debut, man. You get... No, this is good stuff. I like rolling into a crowd on something that's different, right? Right, <laughs> I think. Sure is. I think Jared and Willie are the same way. Yeah, yeah we're always. I think I say we're. I think we're all, we're all that kind of the same, same way. way. I know. I think it's a very small handful of people that understand what any of us are doing. A very. Yeah, we're very unpopular, <laughs> but that's okay. It all started <laughs> no, there's with like five dudes who totally you know, think I, we're I, cool. With. I can't imagine being one of these guys that's got everything he needs right in his house. Oh uh, yeah. I can't imagine not having a little bit of junk around and. You know, yeah, this is all treasures. This is good stuff, man. Yeah, good old maters and starters and stuff. That's right. right. Jerry, my dad, a sticker says it's not hoarding if it's cool shit. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He can have as much cool shit. As shopping. Oh, do they? That's smart on them. <laughs> the pickers come by last year. They sent their forward patrol. Oh, American Pickers, a TV show, yeah, you mean? Yeah. Okay. And they wanted to see my junk and they looked at it. And they didn't want to offer me nothing for it. Sure, sure. You know, I've watched them guys. They give them a cheap deal on something just so they can get on TV. Yeah. 
I don't know the issue, and I believe the property. You guys are not realistic. You're not yeah. wanted. You're not necessary. Yeah. But see that painter right there said the Sons of Bayfield. That's the Sons they, of Bayfield. They call me and Jay the Sons of Sons of Bayfield. Yeah, the yeah, Sons yeah, of yeah. SOB. That's a cool. That's a cool MC picture. Yeah. That had the. Did I give the sidecar? The gold league means he's with a local icon. Okay. And. Yeah, that's great. SOBs. Right. Sons of Bayfield. Sons of Bayfield. And those and Indian later guys when we got older, they, when you read of animal brand on a cow or a, you know, a, a brand, right. when they lay the letters over, that's a lazy R or a lazy B. Right. So they laid all the letters over, and now we're the lazy S. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, <okay>. that's great. That's <laughs> great. Uh, well, I like Good. the character, too. It's a skeleton yeah, with a Mexican hat on. He's got a <laughs> freaking sword, hatchet, ass. so talented. You Oh, yeah. unbelievable. Bottle in the other hand. Yeah, that's he, uh, amazing. He illustrated for a cartoon show, I think. I remember that. I he used to write menus. Things. He'd draw up menus. He drew some up for this place in Moab that had a rabbit sandwich. Uh-huh. And his depiction, those ears were sticking out. <laughs> his feet were sticking out the other side. Oh, that's some creativity. <laughs> back but, back uh, when he had to be creative. He'd go in the bar and sit down and start drawing pictures on a napkin. Right. And, send, and he'd you get drinks all afternoon, you know, like he just him and his friends could sit in the bar all afternoon yeah. and never buy a beer. That's great. You know, him and TJ and Sam the Indian, them his crowd of people. Oh so yeah, you I met a few of those guys dude, today. You should tell about your friend TJ. Uh, Sam, uh, yeah, tell about the bank about robber. <laughs> yeah, my friend TJ <laughs> come out guy. here to out west to live the hippie life and grow his own food and all that. Sure. And uh, so he went, been out here a few years and cleared some land. And he went to the bank and he wanted to borrow $500 to buy seed. And they wouldn't give him the 500 bucks. So he went back to his truck and got his pistol and pulled an old cowboy hat on and a bandana. Went to the bank and took the money. He robbed it. And so he, catch he, up with he, him? he got out. Oh, of yeah. He, he didn't want to. He took a hostage. Oh, he took a hostage. So he walked out of there. You know those. Fancy bags you get at Christmas, and they got string handles, what? paper bags that oh, you put yeah, Christmas yeah, yeah. gifts in with like twine yeah. handles. He put eighteen thousand dollars <laughs> in a Christmas sack, took a hostage, and he said he walked out. He still remembers. He pointed the gun at that lady. That lady looked at her husband and says, "I told you we shouldn't have come to town today." <laughs> and he stole their truck oh, and took God. a hostage. But, so he you walks know. out the door with this paper sack, and it tears, and half the money blows. No, it didn't tear. So he runs from the cops and gets <laughs> away, yeah, jumps out of the truck while it's running. And his bag rips, dude, as he jumps out of the truck and all of his money goes all over the ground. So he takes his leather jacket off, packs all of his money in his coat and starts running from the cops. He said he was laying in the the river and then paper bags got wet. That's what it was, baby. Yeah. You know. But he said he was like hiding and there were like helicopters. And he said he was just praying to God. He said, God, I've been poor all my life. He's like, just let me enjoy this money for a little while. Just let me spend a little of this money. And this money's like, I'll go to jail. I'll I'll turn myself in. I'll turn myself in. And he did. He bought a leaky Continental and went Joe to Santa Fe and went nah. on a shopping spree. Nah. <laughs> it's got to be a leaky Continental. He's Catholic now. He goes to Bass every Sunday. Like, yeah. We still call him the bank robber. <laughs> That's when uh, it was just had this new program, what do they call that, where you get money for turning people in? Oh, Crime Stoppers. Crime Stoppers. No, it was his old lady, right? No. No, they recognized her hat. It was one of the ladies he worked for, and now and some of his neighbors turned him in, and they busted him. He spent 
12 years in prison or something. Mm. And he got he out. And only got to spend 3000 of it. Yeah. He said, no, no, don't pay to rob banks. He gave me this mug. He made an arts and crafts. I have a platter in my house. And it's, it just had his, his inmate number. His prison at the bottom. He took all these ceramics classes in prison and he gave me a platter with roses on it. Oh, that's cool. And he's a cool old guy. And he's old, he's old gray beard now. Was that here in Colorado? Here in Basin? Ignacio. Ignacio. That's where it was. He still can't walk down that street. No, that yeah. Base, they, <laughs> yeah. There's the like anywhere near. Yeah. yeah. He went with his Indian friend to the Sundance, uh-huh. and he had this religious revival like <laughs> you've never seen. And he come home and he cut all of the ratty hair off and washed everything in the house and mopped his floors and and started living human again and. uh Started going to mass, and, he, and a woman at mass felt sorry for me. She said, "Well, my husband's passed away, but if you'll bring your broken down van out to the ranch, we'll let you keep it there, and you can work on it there until you get your van running." Yeah. So, sure. like five years later, she died, and he's still living there. In the he remodeled the roof of a barn, and they a... pay him a little wage to help with the irrigation, and he built an apartment up in the loft. Wow. And, uh, he still doesn't drive, though. He's got everything he ever wanted in his life, you yeah, know, right now. Yeah. And uh, he went to, started going to Mass every Sunday, and his this old lady was driving into Mass, said, I want you to meet my friend. And she brought this lady over to meet him, and it was the woman in the getaway car. Uh, <laughs> his husband no. threw a gun on <laughs> her like 30 no. years ago. And they just looked at each, yeah. They just looked at each other, and... Uh, he said, you can't, after you do somebody, she said, I couldn't sleep at night. I was afraid to go to town. <laughs> My life was shit for a few years. And he said, he said you can't just say, I'm sorry. To people like no, that. No. no. He said, he said, he told, he said, I thought a thousand times and wished I'd have never done that. Yeah. He said, I can't believe I really done that. And he thought, I'm sorry for what I did to you. And uh, <laughs> now she's. This is a good forgiveness story because she sits next to him in mass now when he goes every okay. time he goes to mass. Okay. Okay. I don't think he would so, actually hurt anybody. No, he he's not. But you never know that. Some guy's crazy. He's, a, he's turned into a real <laughs> nice person and, and he quit drinking and doing crazy stuff. And uh, he's got that shirt. It's a what is it? Oh, oh man, there's a picture over here somewhere. It's like what is that shirt? Oh, that the, how come the best things in life are dangerous? <laughs> yeah, it's got to be shop it. Yeah, he he rode motorcycle in the old days. He cool. grew up in Indiana. He made trips back and forth on an old chop 750 Honda. Okay, in the day. Yeah, and uh, his brother come home. Four weeks after he came home from brother-in-law, he went down on Santa Monica Beach and dumped five-gallon gas on himself and burned him up. Yeah. He's getting his malfunctioning brother, the veteran brother. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's had some hardship in his life, but... Uh, what years did you get the... What years were you in Vietnam, do you mind if I ask, man? I was there in 68 and 69. Okay. I like my science says, we, we was winning when I left. <laughs> anyway, they told us we were winning. And, uh, but that's yeah. where, you know, my dad learned to weld there, and you got to go to... Um, it's funny, all through, the, all through the you 90s... this house with the, with the, uh, with the Army loan. All through the okay. 90s, we thought my father was crazy, you know? And then one time I came home, I was living on my own, and my mom had a 
book and a pamphlet. She says, I want you to read this. And I looked at it and I thought they wrote a book about my father and it was a book on okay. PTSD. You know oh, what I mean? Okay. Yeah. What it all meant. And nobody understood what it was like, you know, the okay. longest my father's ever had a job in his life is what? Three years straight. I don't even know that That's one. All I my father used to call corporate. people down in the streets, so <laughs> holler at people. Yeah, Every job he ever left, they had the police escort. He didn't set the e-brake in that truck and roll backwards and rip the door off on the telephone pole. <laughs> yeah. But I, I did. I turned out to be a repair welder, you know, and I fixed construction equipment. Yeah. When Willie was about ten years old. We were welding on a dump truck, and I said, okay, I'm done on this side. Take the dump truck down and turn it around, and I'll come back, and I'll do the other side. So he got in, he turned around and come back, and he said, hey, I think I'm going to like oh, I'm be doing some of this, Dad. And the day he turned 18, he, already, know, he, he already running out all his done. And the day he turned 18, he went down and took his road test. Yeah. By 10 o'clock in the morning, he was driving. <laughs> he was making yeah. loads and drawing hooked, paychecks. That's pretty good. Well, it seems like the only reoccurring thing then is, I mean, even with everything that you've done, the only reoccurring thing is being dad and motorcycle. <laughs> that seems to be what's well, the constants, man. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, you've been at it a while. You know, I helped him, and I'm, and not only that, seven or eight of their friends. Got to <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bring me all these other guys over here on a broken motorcycle. That's <laughs> Okay, uh, Dad, we're going to get the axon sawed apart here, and then you put it back together for us. <laughs> and, uh, we ranked a bunch of friends back here. Right? All of you and uh, me. We, we, we welded all our first ones with coat hanger and oxyacetylene. I still see these guys, you know. That yeah, I had Chinese with Dan the other day. Yeah. And uh, how How is it having the Four Corners rally here? Like next you know, the, the Four Corners rally was my idea. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just, you know, yeah, we uh, got that on the record. Uh, yeah. yeah, don't forget that. <laughs> it's all right. You know, we, we had worked so hard that they were trying to force helmet laws on us. Right. And ones that were working against it was a bait. Right. We all decided we'd join a bait. Did you see that one, out. sir? I've seen that. When yeah, you yeah. see this one as well? And uh, it was a good organization. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and they sent some people down. We got a whole group together, and they sent a delegation down from Denver. And wrote as a charter, and we had a election and elected officers and organized. Sure. And they said, okay, now the old business is out of the way. What's the first order of new business? And I said, I think we should have a big party and invite all our friends down. Perfect. And they said, okay. So we appointed a party committee, and I was on the first party committee. Cool. <laughs> and it, we, we done, it was mostly a bait event. Right. And all the bait from all over Colorado supported us. And we had, uh, we decided we'd have to charge a little money, have a little entrance fee. And we turned all that over to one of the Christian groups because nobody would argue with them guys. Nobody right. would cuss right. them right. or nothing, you know. And uh, everybody idea. come in and it was all volunteer. We'd give them free camping and what we could. Yeah. And uh, we all worked together and we turned it into, really turned it into something. And then it, when it went away from the abate club, it was like a monster without a head, yeah. running wild and people arguing in the hierarchy. Right. Tell the thing, uh, and a couple of a couple of horses butts in that law enforcement people, a couple yeah. of city policemen and county sheriffs and people made it sound a lot worse than it was. 
Oh, they do that everywhere. You know, and everywhere. we had a couple of them guys that talked it down so bad and turned the public against us, and everybody just got tired of it. Now, these new people have come to town, and they're saying, hey, this could be something really good again. We'll get There's some new Dallas involved. Well, the, and, the, the Harley year got bought by an, another guy, and he's one, I think, that brought in the the dirt dash and stuff. And they're doing the flat track races now, and they've got a bunch of cool things going on, man. They got um, they got events going on at the casino. Stump by. Stacy down. With it you. used to be the senator, Campbell. Yeah. Then I would lead the poker run around through Telluride and back an all day oh, ride. Okay. Yeah. And he'd lead the way, and he got quite famous for that, and gets a it's lot. Funny because I met Michael Licker, and I told him where I was from, and he's like, "Oh, you know Ben." It's like, yeah, yeah they, you know, I got <laughs> That's great. They reinstituted that activity, and it's, right. I guess it was a big turnout this year. They were expecting a big turnout anyway. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, we're here, what, today's Saturday. I know the girls are missing all the. Ride. Yeah. Right. We're here getting race bikes going. I don't know what else is <laughs> at the Harley dealership doing God knows what. Yeah, yeah I don't know what people do about Harley. what they're doing down there. <laughs> I might go down there next on my way to town. I might stop by. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. See what they're doing without me. Well, we're excited to see you race tonight, too. I know there's going to be a lot of people up in the stands excited to see you run. Uh, Man, could you you imagine seeing old non-vet on a bright yellow flat tracker that he built himself? You know, just doing laps, bro. One of the the races last year was for the people that were old enough to have a motorcycle. With a Kickstarter. Kickstarter only, yeah. And you had to run up there and jump on your motorcycle. And I run up there and jumped on my motorcycle and forgot to turn the key on. Oh, yeah. And kicking and kicking. Oh, I ran the grass. So I was going, come on, Terry. <laughs> well, to start off, here. they make everybody line up like 100 feet back. And my dad told them, I can't be running 100 feet. And so he only lined up like 20 feet back. And then he, they let I him know, out. I got gout and diabetes. <laughs> right, and right. And neuropathy. And, I, and you want me to run a foot race with these young, <laughs> tall, skinny, yeah, young Little guys? bears like 20. They do a line in the dirt. And they said, okay, you wait here, Chad. <laughs> he told the other guys, go back to the fence. And it was a good race. We all hit the motorcycle at the same time. I limped right up there. And, uh, but he got it running and made it around the track. Finally, I got it started. And the other guys were over here already on right. the side of the track. But, uh, that's okay. Credit's uh, given to the man in the arena. Island in. Like, we, we put new points in it and I got the carburetor to and everything. It was starting first kick. And then when he came out there and he was kicking, I was like, no. <laughs> I started at 18 times on the first kick <laughs> yeah. before I went out there. Where? And then it wouldn't start. I forgot to turn the key on. I told it. I told the announcer. I said, "I'm gonna do old for this." He said, "You're doing pretty good. You're looking pretty good out there, Ted. What are you talking about?" And I said, "I'm so senile. I can't even remember turn my key on." (laughs) I said, "I gotta have to turn this over to the young guys." Well, you know, Jared's done twenty things that are just as bad throughout the right. Right. You know, Willie's done fifty things just as bad. I mean, I'm not sure if age has too much to do with it. no, it, we dude, we, mess up every we're not day. used to having a thousand people yelling. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're like, Especially if like we get yelling your name, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that is a good one. Well, it's good to be here with you guys, and I really appreciate your hospitality. This should be a really good show. Anything else I'm forgetting? Anything you want to say, Dad? 
There's a million things I'm sure we're forgetting. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to come back next year. <laughs> show. We could have my dad read his poem about when the cops took his bike, if you want. Oh, that's a great one. Do you, you have, have it in here, Ted? You got it here? Yeah, I wrote a story, but I don't have it, but it, I, I wrote some parts for the veterans and some parts for the bikers. Great. And uh, after that, I had my motorcycle locked down for 10 months, all summer and all winter. Yeah, I got my motorcycle back. But I was getting pretty worried. I was really strung out. I was seeing my psychiatrist weekly. She had me on two or three kinds of pills to calm me down. And uh, I was sitting there and the phone rang. And it was this had stolen vehicle pig. And he said, and uh, I said, the phone rang and the word come in. Death by crush, crushing is what he's, he's saying, like casual whim. My motorcycle's telling the story, the motor is. And the motorcycle says, and put Ted into such a fright that he could not breathe in. His face turned purple from lack of air, and then he fell right out of his chair. And I, when I keep, I keep my Vietnam bag next to the phone with my veterans papers in and I seen that number on the bottom and, it, and so I read that I was yeah, I was and something about I was Ted was laying on the floor in a fetal ball thinking maybe it was time to end it all. And then he seen the phone number and decided to give the veterans crisis line a call. And the man come on and he said, Don't do it, Ted. Everything'll be just fine. Wait here and I get your shrink on the line. The doctor come on and she said, okay, don't do it, Ted. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll write him a letter and tell him how much this motorcycle means to you. We all know that you Vietnam veterans lived through hell. Projects like these, I'll keep you well. Now that letter turned the tide and Ted decided to fight and to live and to ride. Three more trips to court, some huge fines, and some ass kissing. Ted copped a plea, and I was free. Ted had accomplished his mission. That's really good. I appreciate you saying that. That's just like a a small excerpt of it. They told me my story was too long, so I had a paragraph on the top and on the bottom. And on the bottom, the motor says... I need piston valves and a few more parts, but Ted need to liver and maybe a heart. As sad as this would be, if Ted don't survive, I know his boys Jeremiah and Willie will take care of me. That's great. I usually keep the book around about word out, reading it to people. I, I wanted sure. to read it this morning again, but I don't know where it is. I know the feeling. I wear stuff out reading stuff to people. I get it. Good on you. That's really good. Ted, thank you. But uh, I write little history stories, Christmas stories. Yeah, yeah. I got legal pads, eight or ten legal pads full of history stories. Well, we should talk about that. I mean, if you're writing, are you using pen and paper or are you using typewriters? No, I... T- Pen and paper. Pen and paper? Yeah. I flunk type in it. Oh, okay. okay. But, I, but I, I write with a lead pencil. And okay. 
Yeah, I know that. I can read it harder when I get done. I, I, and I don't type, so I take it to the place in Durango where they do typing, uh -huh, uh -huh. type term papers and things. Cool. And they see me coming, and all of a sudden everybody's busy, and they go hide in the back room. <laughs> one guy comes out, one young guy comes out after everybody else won't help me. He comes out, and he done a really good job. You know, when I was done, I gave him a copy of the magazine article when it was published. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I gave him a copy of it for his own personal. Yeah, a little something for the jacket. Yeah. yeah. But I need to, I'm getting, trying to learn that. I'm, I'm left-handed. So if I write, it, it just gets smeared all over the place. So I learned a long time ago, if I can just type. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Should, that's why I, I type. That's why it's such a big deal to me. So huh. that's the only we reason. A, There's a reason. Left-handed uncle and he wrote up and down like right. Chinese. <laughs> you know, oh, when, yeah. Uh, when Willie was little, I was still in the meat business. We had a good meat business for 12 years. And then my mother died, and I went kind of cuckoo. <coughs> the boys would come with me on the butcher truck. And when you get down the Beefus land, there, there's some pretty easy skinning right against his back in the sure. bottom. So I got the beef that far along. And I said, I've got to go in the house and see the lady about how thick the steaks and, and get the instructions. You keep skinning here. And uh, pretty soon the farmer come around the truck, and he looked in, and there's Willie, and they're skinning away. <laughs> and the farmer said, Hey, little boy, does your daddy know you got that sharp knife? And Willie goes, yeah, I said, I've been doing this all my life. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even in school then. I was right. three years old. Three years old. <laughs> oh, that's great. But, and the women would take the boys in the house and They'd give us some cocoa and, and cookies. Yeah. Leave me out in the cold to do the work. You know, <laughs> right, so. right. Well, we, didn't, we couldn't afford babysitters, you know. When they got yeah. out of diapers, then yeah, they had to go with me. To work, you know? Yeah, you had four kids, right? Yeah. And yeah. I got a daughter. We have an older brother. My you met my little sister. Yeah, daughter. Rebecca. Yeah, and her yeah. kids are all I running. Around she she never was a minutes problem to me. She never. She was always his favorite. We always made A's at school. And uh, yeah, I was telling everybody. He won a daddy daughter look like contest once too. That went straight to their heads. Yeah, we won a daddy daughter look like contest one time when she was about two. Yeah, but uh, I tell everybody if I know how good them girls was, I wouldn't have no boy. I can say that. Uh, girls are my favorite. I, I get it. Jeremiah got into a confrontation with a teacher one time, and they said we won't let him come back to school until he's been to a psychiatrist. And so they checked him in. Or <laughs> we checked him into the mental clinic to the psych ward, uh -huh. and. Uh, I told him how Theodore Bundich almost escaped out of jail. By <laughs> sticking part of his shoe in the I gotta have a dictionary. You yeah. said page and cover off the dictionary and stick it in the thing, the door don't lock and he pulls it open when they turn their back and there's like back a out. exercise gets in a freight like elevator the and goes to the bottom of the hospital. What right now? Calls me from Arby's and he's me. I've been, I've seen the last. Get me out of here. They were not happy. That's, that's they brought right. him back. The I remember my dad used to take a motorcycle magazines and they would cut anything provocative out. So they cut all the girls out of his motorcycle. <laughs> I was only in there for a few days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was like less than a week. It was, I only uh, saved the easy riders and the magazines that had flathead stuff in it. My mom oh, caught me with a backpack full of his easy riders one time and he told me, I only buy them for the motorcycles. Not <laughs> really yeah. and then these guys 
take him out to look at the girls and their mother catches him and throws my damn magazine away. His banana had about every easy rider. Oh, I don't know what he's got now. That's a good one. Well, I'm glad it came from somewhere because you, Jer, and you, Willie, you're not creative. You're just off spuns of your dad doing <laughs> awesome, cool shit. Well done. You guys are great. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being my friends. Yeah, Y'all want to go to the races? Yeah, let's yeah, do this, man. Here. Yeah, my, I went to my lawyer's office a while back and uh, he had a whole bunch of people in the lobby waiting and he said, uh, this is Ted. He's my most memorable client. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he knows a lot of stories, but he don't know no short stories, so don't get him so started. He <laughs> said, get back there and sign these papers, Ted, and go home and write that story and bring it back and I'll put it on the that's a wonderful thing. We can it. run this as long as we want. Ted, I appreciate you. All yes. right. See ya. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Man, I tell you what, today was all about the hill climbs. They uh, had a few things going on downtown, I guess a motorcycle show and a few other cool things, but boy, we didn't get to touch it because we were busy up at the hill climbs, which was just north of Durango, past the town of Hermosa at uh, the Purgatory Ski Lifts, and boy, that event was hopping. Dump truck was once again the announcer. And uh, shoot, there's all my friends. <laughs> Chair Willie and Velarde doing a freaking hill climbs on choppers. Oh, Danger Dan did that too. Boy, he did really good on his, uh, his race sportster. That was great to see. Got almost all the way to the top. And everybody was just crapping out two-thirds, maybe three-quarters of the way up at one point. I don't know what happened. Willie ended up doing a big 180 about two-thirds of the way up and <laughs> heading back down. Uh, Purgatory Ski Resort is, wow, what a big place that was. <coughs> even uh, even Ted came up, Willie and Jer's dad. 
and uh, he was he was really excited to be there. I ran into him in the parking lot. I guess his motorcycle fell over or something when he pulled up. So he was just sitting there. So I took him up to the lifts and we got him a little food. And I don't know how old he is, but he's diabetic and everything else. But he was moving pretty well for an old guy. And then when we all went to leave, we were going to hit up something called Baker's Bridge. And I'm telling this story because it was quite insightful and I don't know what happened. Somehow we all got separated and there I am by myself leaving the ski resort and as soon as I uh, I went to pull away, I went to, I was going to text Jeannie. I know she was on the back of Jared's bike and I thought, well, whatever, maybe I'll just catch up with him later and Ted rode by me. So I followed him several miles down to the gas station and we pull into the gas station. I thought he needed gas. Come to find out he was just looking for a snack. But I asked him, uh, you know, do you know where this Baker's Bridge is? Everyone jumps off of or goes swimming, whatever. And he said, yeah, it's just down the road here a spell. And then you make a left on the old road. And, you know, if, if you get lost, just pull over and ask for directions. <laughs> so I thought, well, I'm in trouble. And we went inside to the gas station and he asked the gas attendants hey this young man here wants to know where baker's bridge is you know where it is and of course they said yeah just go down x amount of miles make a left on i think it was 250 so i went ahead and did that and then i came to a fork in the road and couldn't find where anything was so i just pulled over and asked for directions like ted said and there's a lady sitting there painting her fence on her house the fence in front of her property and she goes oh yeah it's just around the corner here and this place is great, you know, they shot that movie. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, where they jumped off that cliff, and they shot the, some of that movie, the City Slickers there, and, well, it's a really neat place. And I thought, well, great. So I pulled around and eventually found it because there was, gosh, several hundred college students all hanging out and swimming, and I couldn't find anybody in my group and I thought well I don't want to be that old dirty biker perv hanging out here so when I started to leave though I ran into everybody else and they're like well just come swimming and I'm like nah I'm gonna head back take a nap I'll catch up with y'all later and I put jumping off the bridge you fall like 40 50 feet and apparently there's only a few feet of water and I know Dan <laughs> danger Dan being who he is jumped off the bridge and found the bottom really quickly nobody told him it was so shallow our buddy tyler he did the same thing <laughs> not realizing how shallow it was everybody got out okay but boy what an adventure for them and uh yeah we all ended up going down to aztec new mexico which is uh way northern new mexico just 40 or maybe 40 miles south of durango our buddy Spencer and Jennifer put on a good little party for all of us there on their property. And that was really exciting. Everyone brought their kids. And boy, we hung out there till probably midnight. And we were coming back in the dark. That was fun. Lots of deer on the road. Lots of deer in town in Durango. I had a net on the back of my back. So we were riding two up on a rigid and these old, <laughs> these old roads these old highway roads, but wouldn't trade it for the world. Tomorrow's Monday, and we'll uh, see what Monday brings. Roadrunner Report out.
Well, I've been kicked by the wind, robbed by the sleet, had my head stored in, but I'm still on my feet and I'm still willing. Smuggled some smokes and folks from Mexico, baked by the sun every time I go to Mexico. But I'm still, and I've been from Tucson to Tucumcari to Hachapita, Tonopah, living every kind of rig that's ever been made. Living the back road so I wouldn't get wet. And if you give me weed, whites and wine. I'll be willing to be moving. What's set to go? Let's leave. Say bye to your families. A kiss for my babies. We won't be returned. Glad you enjoyed today's podcast. The book, American Roadrunner, can be found on the website at AmericanRoadRunnerTheBook.com. Also on Amazon, search American Roadrunner by Bob Marshall. And of course, available in most digital formats. Find it on eBay and at ChopCult at the online store, ChopCult.com. Find us on Instagram, American Roadrunner, all one word. Keep up with us on Facebook, American Roadrunner. This has been your host, Bob Marshall, fellow wrencher, rider, adventure seeker, racer, storyteller, and author of the book, American Roadrunner. Music is brought to you by Meek. Their song, Here We Are, off their album, Red Sprite Lightning, Meek. Until next time, keep the rubber side down and enjoy your road. Music.